Hello, and welcome to Irenacast. Before we get into our 100th episode, I just want to remind everyone that this was recorded live on Facebook Live. So there's a couple glitches in the audio because we had to hack some stuff. Overall, it's great quality as usual. However, there are just some little glitches. If you haven't watched the entire video of the Facebook Live, you can go to our Facebook page uh, at facebook.com slash Irenacast and see the entire video if you'd like to watch the video. Uh, with that being said, let's get into episode 100. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the live edition of Irenacast. I'm your host, Jeff, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mona and Alan. We are post-evangelical ministers and theological thinkers grappling with our place in the progressive Christian world. Thank you for joining us for a live conversation on faith and culture. This week, we are going to be self-indulgent, and we are going to reflect on our show and our experience, and we want to hear from you about your experience with the show as well. Um, we figured we'd do a past, present, future kind of thing in our conversation and uh, start with kind of reminiscing on why we started this whole thing in the first place uh, way back in 2015, two years ago, every week for 100 episodes. Uh, it's been pretty amazing. I'm, I'm, That's a lot of life. It really is. Not to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, please. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure things out. So I just, I, I want to make. It's so weird to look at your faces. I, we are not used to this. So normally our show uh, is all just over Skype audio because we don't want to slow the bandwidth down. So we had to learn over the course of time how to listen for each other's rhythms and uh, non-physical f- cues and so it's very strange to be communicating and being able to see each other's face that's very weird uh mona said or amy says mona looks beautiful and we can hear jeff but it echoes and i think that was earlier oh yeah thanks mom (laughs) (laughs) can we confirm whether there's still an echo on my end uh let me look i can confirm hold on Yeah. Okay. So, so you don't, you don't have an echo. No, when someone likes it, there's like a little thing pops up. You know, Facebook live is a new, new tool in the world. It's pretty exciting. Okay. So a hundred episodes and a hundred episodes ago, we were just three people that didn't have a podcast. We are no longer three people. (laughs) No longer three people have transcended into (laughs) the digital (coughs) cloud we started the podcast a long time ago. Um, I was writing for quite a few years about my own process and theology and my journey in faith. And Jeff, I had a conversation with Jeff where I was ready to shut stuff down just because there was too much to write about and it was kind of sapping me. And he had the idea for a podcast and that's where it came from. Um, you make it sound pretty altruistic, like I was concerned about you, but I just didn't want to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Je- I invited Jeff to start writing with me, and he said he would rather talk because he's a talker and not a writer. And we had the he had the brilliant idea that uh, Mona, Jeff, and I have spent lots of years together because we're family. Mona's my cousin, Jeff, brother-in-law. And we spent years talking about theology long after people got bored. And we just continue talking and talking. And so we figured that we would continue that tradition in a more scheduled manner. And, and I, I might also say maybe practicing talking with each other instead of at each other. Oh, my gosh. Right. <laughs> if you only heard some of the unedited episodes <laughs> and how much Jeez. talking over actually happens uh, during our recordings, uh, especially for yeah. some of our more heated or... Uh, I don't know, really know what Jeff's talking about. Like, we never talk over each other. I'm just kidding. I, just, <laughs> I was going to okay, talk sorry. over him to sorry, prove sorry. the point. Exactly. Um, I'm so yeah, funny. The, the earlier episodes, definitely learning how to speak and let other people have space was really interesting. Because I think we're all very extroverted and, you know, stronger personalities. So where were we at um, before this show started for all three of us? Can you remember two years ago? 100 weeks ago i think the name itself right like we we were post-evangelical we were trying to figure out what it would be what it's like to hold on to our faith in the midst of 
losing our church background in a way, like trying to maneuver through that. And these conversations really helped us kind of find that place. And uh, I think that was kind of the catalyst of that. That certainly did for me. Yeah. I was in the throes of seminary and trying to figure out how to deal with all of the new information I was learning that uh, seemed to unravel a lot of the things that I had believed in. Um, some Someone close to me when I went to seminary said, don't lose your faith. And I thought that was funny at the time. And I realized that there's more truth to that than I gave it credit for. And I think I've been reflecting a lot lately on what faith actually is, what it, what I think it is now and what, how I, how I feel about it, what I think about it, what I, what I really, uh, I do think it's a gift. I think more and more in my life, I'm, I'm convinced of that. And, uh, anyway, I I'm not sure where I'm going with those thoughts, but all to say, uh, this has been a really good space for myself. And I think all of us, we've talked on multiple occasions about how, uh, this space has been good for us to process for ourselves. So it's been therapeutic first and foremost. Yeah. Every episode starts with at least 30 minutes of us talking about deep personal problems, at least mine. And uh, oh, it has been, <laughs> yeah, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. And you yeah. know, what's funny is there for me, there's not a huge line between theological and personal because, you know, my faith is so central to who I am. So being able to work this stuff out with you guys was very much like a, a support group, I guess. For anybody who's who's watching or listening to this when it posts, there's a sense when you when you walk away from evangelicalism or you lose evangelicalism for one reason or another. Maybe you care about someone who was shunned, or you learn too much, or you ask too many questions, um, or for whatever reason you leave evangelicalism. It, it it's at least for me and for people I've talked to, it's such a deep part of your identity that it feels like you're losing part of yourself or you're losing your home and your family and people, you know, and it's kind of a scary transition, you know, fear, fear for a long time kept me in the safe confines of evangelicalism. You know, I, I could check off all the boxes and say I was evangelical and continue working in evangelical churches. And right before we started this podcast, um, I got let go of at a fired by a um, Christian school that I was going to be a teacher at because I was going to a church that was open and inclusive. And at that moment it was everything got brought into sharp relief. Like I'm officially now no longer in the evangelical camp. And what does that look like? And uh, this has been like a practice of keeping the baby and throwing out the bathwater, <laughs> you know, recognizing there's a lot of bathwater. Bath but what are the things about my my makeup and my faith that I really appreciate? And so when I started this, I did not know how much more deconstruction I had to do going into it. I think speaking to both of you, there are things that I was holding on to that I didn't realize I would have to actually think about <laughs> the next two years that not just defend, but actually take a moment to consider from a bunch of different angles that you've brought up. And, um, that's been very pleasantly surprising for me. I like it. I've become comfortable with the process rather than scared. You, you know what I realized as we were going through the beginning part of the podcast was that I didn't have a lot of deconstruction left to do. Like as we had these conversations, I realized, wow, I do have thoughts on this particular issue, or I do have thoughts on uh, where I'm headed in this in this direction. And it was really, it was helpful just to kind of get it out there in a setting that obviously from you two to, to challenge me, because uh, your, your knowledge base and a lot of those things, Alan, you always got to, you know, define, <laughs> define where I want and what I'm, what I'm saying. For everything. That's right. Give me words. That's my goal. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was really, it was helpful to, to, kind of a window into, oh, well, I, I, I do have some of this stuff figured out. Sorry, Mona, go ahead. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I mean, it's, I realized that it actually takes a lot more courage to reconstruct than deconstruct. Of course, it takes more courage to be an artist than a critic. And I, I think, you know, and criticism you is You can say that again. You can say that again. It takes more, takes courage. more courage to be an artist, artist. than a critic. Mm. I really do think it's, it's harder to, to put yourself out there and, and affirm something. And, and that, you know, that's, I think, I think to, for me, there's been some maturity coming 
as a result of being involved in these countless conversations. And even when I'm out and about talking to people and saying, oh, I'm a podcast host of a post-evangelical podcast, just talking to so many different people and realizing that many, many, many people in our country and in our world right now are having shifting faith issues. They're they're not only on single issues, single points of theology, but uh, increasingly the changing relationship of church in American culture is is changing quickly. And a lot of people are asking, what is Christian identity today? It does seem like things are so polarized that uh, mainline religion and evangelical or uh, charismatic religion are, are almost different religions. They're so different now. And it's really interesting. And I think the, the more I've learned uh, and the more I've gone on this journey, I've really come to appreciate that Honestly, standing for anything takes courage. And even if I vehemently disagree with you, I respect that you're standing for it. You know, that's hard to say because I do think it's incredibly hard, uh, important to fight for justice and to talk to people if, you know, to try to to try to debate and discourse and dialogue when you don't agree and you think someone's ideas are are flawed, but at the same time offering your opponent respect, you know, and and being in this space has helped me learn how to have those discussions better. And I'm tremendously grateful for that. Yeah, well said. So, have we accomplished what we set out to do? Have what we did we set out to do? Found our way through the post-evangelical wilderness and <laughs> marched is, onward to. So, what's the post-evangelical wilderness, though? We the should probably talk the about wilderness that. is groups of people, probably millions of people, l- leaving evangelicalism or what they've known, and trying to discover for themselves what is meaningful and helpful and life-giving. And for them faithful to what they believe and what they know of God. And I have felt in so many different conversations based off of things that have been written or recorded and put out there that people have so much to share and process through and they don't have a space to necessarily do that. And I feel almost privileged to be able to interact with them and help them kind of find where they're going, you know, where, like, where are they headed, whether that's into well thought out atheism or um, Buddhism in one case and in a couple others, just different places or mainline Christianity. Like what do they find to be meaningful and faithful? That's the wilderness is that like, there's all directions to go. There's no clear path and people are trying to figure out. We know where we're coming from really, but where we're headed is a little less clear. And so I guess at present, so we're doing the past, present, future thing, right? Our past was, we're going to just talk about this stuff and kind of figure out where we're at. Have we come to any sort of resolution where we're at now, as opposed to when we started two years ago? Maybe. Well, before we get to to present, as far as our perspective, maybe we can, uh, we can shoot to some of our, how many, do we have people still joining us? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, uh, Dylan says hello there. Watching. Ah, Dylan, oh, welcome. Did I, did I miss that? Hey Dylan. My illustrious divine cinema co-host. Um, so maybe uh, we can just yeah. do some uh, uh, reminiscing or nostalgic memories about some of our favorite segments, some of our favorite uh, episodes or conversations or even more surprising ones. And for those of you that are listening, uh, you know, let us know maybe a little bit about your background uh, as, as quickly as you can in a, in a Facebook chat. Uh, but just, you know, how, how you started listening or what has spoken to you in the past for, for our show and uh yeah, so maybe we could start there before we move on to more about us, even though it is about us, really. Um, Kat said, Alan, move over so we can see you. I think it's because people are looking, watching. Yeah, move, to, move to your left if they're li- watching than, on their phone. Really? Well, no, it doesn't, it doesn't toggle if you... All right. Yeah. And also... No, keep, oh, no it does, yeah. But, here we go. Uh, here we go. Yeah, is that that's, better? That's better. Yeah, that's better. Thank you, Kat. Um, I would like to be seen and heard, and <laughs> I appreciate you working with me on And Alan, that. can you unpin the technical post? Sorry. Oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. do that. No problem. Okay. So All our right. favorite cool. moments in the last 100 episodes. Uh, that's a lot, man. That's exciting. I, I'm thinking, okay, just off the top of my head, the episode where Alan really wanted to talk about vegetarianism and Jeff and I were like, bah! and then by the end, we're like, oh my gosh, that actually <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> 
You yeah. succeeded. You had a big win there. <laughs> and then yeah. for like months, you're like, you know, I just want to remind you that that really spoke to me and I'm eating less meat. And I was like, that's right. <laughs> I have been eating less that's meat. That's right. <laughs> I have. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and eat less meat because not just compassion, but because of the environment. I did like that episode. Exactly. Yeah. That was a great that episode. Was, that was a fun yeah. one. What episode was that? That was back last year. I don't remember what number it was. It's about the environment. Environment. It was the end of 2015 when we had that episode. Um, Yeah. I'll find the episode number. Because Alan wanted to do the whole episode on veganism. I did. 46, right? No, I wanted to do the whole episode on animal agriculture, not veganism. But we decided, let's let's make it all environment. Uh, Yeah. And and I agree. I've eaten. I've eaten. I've eaten less meat since then as well. But uh, I have eaten less meat. My argument in that episode was that the single biggest thing you can do for the environment is eat less meat, regardless of how you drive your car or using the air conditioning or whatever. Um, eating less meat will have significant impact compared to everything else. So that's how that came up. Everything in moderation. Uh, yeah, in moderation. Hey, but but before I go back and reminisce on what my favorite episode was, Jeff pointed out early on, <laughs> I forgot, how many episodes does the average podcast go? You were telling seven. us early on. Seven before seven. they pod fade. The I remember we got to... Yeah. Is seven? We got to eight and Jeff is like, we're better than average. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is good. Eight, wow. eight episodes. So how many go to 100? I want to know that. That's a good uh, question. That's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm going to Google real quick. Is it like favorite? uh, Well, Google Jeff, what's your favorite? I would like to see a bar graph of narcissism versus how many episodes you do. And like the more narcissistic (laughs) you are. Might not be such a bad idea. (laughs) My ego has gotten bigger from the show. So I want to thank you both. (laughs) Mine has reduced, but that's good. You just need a little balancing. What was your favorite episode, Jeff? I'm not sure. I don't know if I have a favorite episode. I think I have episodes that I liked because. I actually got a few words in over into. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Um, no, I think that uh, I, I liked uh, some of our more. I, I really liked the Inside Out episode, uh, which obviously was, a, was, a good one. was part inspiration for later the Divine Cinema episodes. But that's that's my that's what I love. I love movies, film stories, stuff like that. So it was uh, that was a fun one to do. I, I've loved all of our interviews. I love getting outside perspectives especially ones mona that you brought in um from people that are just so outside my sphere that it's important for me and all of us to hear voices outside of that and i've really appreciated that one the most recent one especially was was really good um uh i was super nervous for the science mike episode because honestly i was a bit i'm still a bit of a fanboy so uh (laughs) (laughs) behind the scenes for that one was i was very nervous there was a lot of like if if you listen to the unedited version of that there's a lot of like uh yeah it was like that uh chris farley interview that he did with snl where he's like you remember remember that time where you uh where where you you sang that song (laughs) it was just (laughs) i was very nervous that's how you felt cleaned it up in post so i sounded at least a little little better professional uh Uh, we have a comment that yes yeah that one of the most inspiring episodes was the farm to table church one. And I agree that was episode 70. If you've not heard that episode, it was uh, my friend, Christy, she works for a church that's doing farm to table meals and that's their church services, having meals together every week. And they also have a bakery and it's awesome. So I, uh, if you haven't heard that episode, I totally recommend it. Yeah. That was, that was kind of a series that we did while Adam was on or not why Adam, but why Alan was on sabbatical, we did, different church models we had the beer church from jeff which Mm -hmm. was really good and that's something that i'm super interested in so yeah that's a good one and my wife uh brought that one up so uh have to give a shout out to her (laughs) because she's been on an episode too i loved our gentle thursday episode with uh with just the ladies where we had debbie come and uh that was definitely on the top of my list and i know we got a lot of uh, response from that one too my favorite episode just because it was uh guilty pleasure for me was the alien episode where we talked about <laughs> aliens. And one, again, Mona was like, you're going to have to convince me of why the heck this is important. <laughs> and I felt like I, I loved that episode. We talked about, in my favorite segments in there, in that episode too, we talked about our favorite superpowers and what our superpowers would be. And That was episode 32. I got to showcase my, it's episode 32. I got yeah. to showcase my, my weirdness because uh, empathy would be my superpower and... 
we talked about like what we would look like and stuff like that. I, I loved it. That was really fun. And I'm, I still believe we're going to find a- alien life tr- traces, whether we discover something in a different galaxy that's or a different solar system that has harnessed energy. And we're going to have to come to terms with the fact, again, like the Copernican Revolution, that we're not the center of the universe. And what does our faith look like when humans are not the center of the universe? And we better do it now rather than later. So. That is a good episode to check out. By the way, if you're listening right now, when we post this on Tuesday, we will have all these episodes that we listed in the show notes, so you can go right to them. And if you're listening mm-hmm. on a regular day on Tuesday as part of your RSS feed, uh, check the show notes at irenacast.com slash 100 for all the links to the things that we're talking about uh, right now. Alan, that was a good Dylan. segue into... Sorry, go ahead. Dylan says, uh, I want. I like reminiscing. Can we keep reminiscing? Dylan says he yeah, enjoyed the video game episode and Alan got a lot of flack for the game Firewatch that he read. Yeah, dude, what the heck? <laughs> I love we that game. You for that. It Get was it? so good. Ha- has anyone played, you know, Dylan, if you haven't played that, you need to. And you guys need to play it too. Like I said, you feel like you get it. punched in the gut and it feels so good. Why? So good. Why would that feel good? Why? Sometimes emotional trauma kind of just you know, hits you in the right spot. Oh, man. <laughs> We're not advocating. That's not the official stance of the show. We just just the official you. stance of me. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. You sometimes. need a t-shirt, Alan, that I am the official stance of me. I think that would be a good Not thing. to diminish your authority, Alan, but I will check that game out now that Dylan has also suggested it. So I will I will give you it's the benefit his, of that. It's on his list of games to play. It sounds like this type of game. It is, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> meditative. <laughs> I, I think I played it straight through for like 10 hours one night and it was wonderful. Oh, it was so much fun. Um, another I, episode been... that was really good. I liked our um, sacred versus secular series when we talked about people and spaces and stories and how they operate and how the definition of sacred and secular hasn't helped us or we can use it in a different way and uh, de- deconstructed that. And I think that was really helpful, especially for my past. Yeah, I, along with that, I loved the biblical criticism series that we did. I still recommend it to people as a resource. Uh, because actually, uh, even if you go to seminary, you might not really get that compre or that kind of like condensed bird's eye look and all that stuff. You might take classes here and there on kind of different things, but you, you might not. Like you take a class on Pentateuch or something and they mention biblical criticism, but it's not a class on biblical criticism or something Exactly. And a lot of uh, MDivs, Masters of Divinities are not required to take uh, exegesis so much, like if they, depending on their focus, depending on their program. So uh, I, I, I'm excited when we can create resources for people like that. Like as much as the conversations are super fun too. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, very proud that, of that. that that reminded me of there is a person in my church who um, said multiple times that he's listened to so many different episodes and he loves the episode on church history. The bonus one that you did where you and I just like mainline church history for an hour or something like that. And you yeah. just went. That's episode 1.5. It was like our second and thing we released. Yeah, It features the sheep of change, right. which is a noisemaker yeah. that my sister got me in Switzerland. That was the thing that I got when she came back from Switzerland was the sheep of change. So it, Fantastic it, it episode, but it has my single biggest regret in all of the episodes we ever had. Oh my something God, that, what is it? Something that never got, got it edited out. Uh, you said, and then what happened, Alan? And I was like, 9-11. <laughs> we just like continued talking and I was like, that came off really wrong. I oh, just God. said, not a, yeah, and we never took it out. But you know what? It wasn't bad enough to to re-edit the whole thing. But Well, um, I think you had maybe asked me to do it, and I didn't. Or I apologize. I think I did. Yeah, yeah but anyway, yeah. That that's was a little Easter egg. That's an Easter egg. Our, right, right. What our, what our voices sounded like on the <laughs> airwaves, because it's yeah. very weird to listen to yourself. It is. It that's a, a lot great, of getting used to. Great episode. I loved it. Yeah. Wonderful. I loved the... Uh, the episode we did, I think it was 40, the one we did on loneliness and isolation, that was one of my top, uh, because there just aren't many spaces to be that vulnerable and talk about how, I don't know, those kind of deep, really embarrassing feelings that you have that you feel like you shouldn't have as a grown up. you should have that stuff figured out. And that really meant a lot to me that we could talk about that. Uh, the, the interview with Casey Comstock, um, special needs families and children and how he was starting a business to take 
to provide like home care and talking about how, you know, marijuana was illegal in the place he was at, even the kind that you would use medicinally. That was just an eye opener in general, thinking about families with special needs, children's, how to approach, how to talk, how to be a good neighbor to people who have um, challenges like that. I love that episode. I highly recommend yeah, that. That one. was 22. I, the reason I'm reading out the numbers is because I've got a lot of friends who said, I enjoyed the show. I cannot keep up. You guys put out so many episodes and they're an hour each, right? Yeah. So uh, these are our highlights. So if you don't have time to listen to everything, then these are our favorites. Yeah. That's a common complaint. But the funny thing about that is I do this for myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I want to be I want to be open to having conversations with people out there. And of course, I don't want to isolate um listeners but for me this has just been awesome you know i would do it every week having to do this every week has been just taught me discipline and things that um thanks to jeff (laughs) helped me learn how to be present how to show up in really deep ways amy just said episodes on beauty and listening the listening episode is kick butt i won't say the a word um (laughs) but that is a fantastic episode that's because you suggested it. <laughs> and we were both like, we can do a whole episode on listening. <laughs> I Dude, believe that when you suggested things- that, I was like, I'm a terrible listener and I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that but episode. It ended up being pretty good. It's during those moments when you suggest things, Alan, that I'm glad we're not on video because my face might offend you. <laughs> right. Probably. Probably. I just take your silence to be, you know, you're nodding in the background like, mm, that's a great idea. That's a good way to take it. You keep taking it that uh, way. <laughs> the episode on beauty, I loved some of the stuff you guys had to say. I think there was something, I forgot what Mona said, but there was some really good moments thinking about beauty um, and the function of beauty. And so, yeah, Amy, agree. That is a 16, fantastic episode. Right? The nature on the nature of beauty. Was that yeah. it? Or is it a different one? On the nature yeah. of beauty. beauty. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh Mona, our episode on creativity. That was the first episode that you and I did together. That was a good one. And uh, we were a little nervous, like, what is this dynamic going to be without Alan? And uh, I thought it turned out great. It was it was a really fun uh, conversation and a good... And I think that was the episode that we, we still haven't brought Alan into the cult. Was that the one? That was a great segment, actually. Uh, listening, That's right. Listening is 21 and creativity is... Uh, oh, no, we did a couple on creativity, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it was the very first one. But you did one on when I was on my sabbatical because I remember listening to it and really liking it. Uh, 71, it's called You Are Creative. Okay, so sometimes we pick a, a topic. This is the behind the scenes chatter, right? Sometimes we pick a topic and we're like, we, we either have, this is usually what happens. We either have like no good ideas that week or good ideas like, or, or the ideas that we have backlogged are so heavy and we just cannot bear to talk about them. Like, you know, something that's been on the list I think before it's been like the death penalty the rape culture one yeah we took forever to do that one because we just kept pushing it off because we're like we just don't want to talk about it we should talk about it but we just don't want to so I think creativity was one of those ones where like oh this is kind of a guilty pleasure topic I don't know it might fall flat and then it ended up being a really good episode so sometimes you just never know sometimes you have a lot more to say about the subject than you think you do which is pretty Mm -hmm. cool by far my favorite episode of the entire thing. So I never shared my one favorite episode. It's actually an interview and it's one I did with Joey Asterbaum talking about. Of course about, it is. Uh, <laughs> Sky Park. Well, Sky Park Deconstruction and Sloss is what it's called. It's number uh, 49. And there's one part in Joey Asterbaum has a fantastic story. I love the way he talks. I love what he shared. And I followed him for years and some of the stuff he's been into. And I'm just um, I'm a really big fan. And so he was the guitarist or, you know, played for Sky Park back in the day, a Christian band. And um, at one point he was talking about how there was someone who who grew up in the mainline church as opposed to the evangelical church. So someone with the opposite background than me in Christianity, right? Uh, the mainline church left, went to evangelicalism for a while and then came back and uh, he asked him, like, why'd you come back? And he said, like, I was tired of talking about the issues and I just kind of wanted to talk about the Bible <laughs> or talk about Jesus. Wanted to worship Jesus rather than discussing the issues. And uh, that's totally backwards in my brain. The evangelical church is the one that talks about Jesus, that worship Jesus, right? And it's the mainline people who talk about issues or whatever. And 
realizing that in my evangelicalism, it really was about the issues and less about like the presence of Christ. And in my own ministry as a minister, I have begun to um, really emphasize worshiping Jesus for me personally has been a very um, central core part of my faith, as opposed to talking about the inerrancy of the Bible or all these things I have to defend or whatever. It's really the presence of God in and among us that I have focused on. And so that's that's where I'm headed. I guess that's where I'm at now. And that's why that episode speaks to me. But that's one tiny part in a really big and awesome episode. So let's transition from episodes to segments. We, we from the beginning, decided we needed to have something to break up just this long conversation. So we came up with we have several reoccurring segments. We've had segments mm-hmm. that we've done just one offs. Uh, so some of your, some of your favorite segments, and again, everyone join in for those of you that may be, uh, still listening. I really like the ones on, uh, Jesus or Jay-Z. Is this song a Christian song or is it like <laughs> hip hop just because of that South Park episode where it's like plus one or whatever, and they create a Christian band that's not a Christian band, but he creates it just to get, uh, awards or whatever. And all the songs sound like their worship, but really they're just like. Anyway, I really like the pointing out the difference between um, uh, how Christian worship has kind of devolved over the years. That's a really fun one. And having to guess because I know nothing about uh, popular culture. That's why I like that one is it, is, is it works for me. <laughs> I love good news, bad news. That's one of my favorites that just always got so wild. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. good news is you have to have dinner. With Donald Trump. Bad news is. <laughs> I forgot how that one went. He wants but. to practice his speeches. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's less funny now than it was. The good back. news is you don't have to pay for dinner, but the bad news is that the cost of not paying for dinner is running your hands through his hair. That's Something right. Like that's, that. what that was, that's what it was. That's what it was. Oh, my God. Uh, that was great. Uh, a, a later addition to our canon, I really enjoyed sound charades. Did you just say the word yeah. canon? What's our that? Canon. I think after a hundred episodes, we can We deserve a canon. Yeah. Okay. So you said sound charades. Oh, dude, that was a really good one. That was. A I good liked one. that. Yeah. Yeah. You like recorded your kids walking in gravel or like the DVD player. That was opening. name that sound. Sound charades where we had to do charades, but because people can't see us, we had to use uh, sound uh, effects with our own. We had to make sound effects. Yeah, and we can't was, see each other. That was probably the best one. Now that episode sixty four was that that was my favorite segment. That was Good really funny. What we should we should have done that one again, huh? No, yeah, not with video. Sure. I'm not going to do that with video, <laughs> that video. especially <laughs> live over like, Facebook right now. <laughs> <laughs> Old school modem right there, right? Is that what you're going for? Yeah. <laughs> Mona would always have like three or four different. There's like a really long like repertoire of sounds. Beep, 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 beep. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, my my range of sound effects is also pretty limited. So it's like I got three <laughs> and I just kind of try to modify them for right. different things. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was anyway. good. Super fun. Sort of categories is pretty fun too. I enjoyed that one. Categories always makes me angry. So that's yeah, always fun. That's why I like it because you get mad. And I pointed it out every time. Every single time. Once Jeff said that, I was like, yeah, I, I mentioned that too often. It's because I had that one moment in your house where I like lost control of my brain at 19. I can't understand why everybody was like, oh, this totally fits in that category. People don't get how categories work. They're important. People are just creative, Alan. <laughs> they think outside the box. and they right. Uh, right. Don't try to put my brain in a box. I don't appreciate it. Hey, uh, I think actually my all-time favorite uh, episode segments, though, were the Noah and Jamonin ones. So Jamonin, if you're new to the show, is our celebrity couple name, Jeff, Mona, Allen, right? And we sometimes when we didn't feel like doing a segment or we couldn't think of something, we would just talk about the stuff we liked and we got to know people and each other better. So I learned what Alan's favorite vegetables were. And you guys made fun of the fact that the vegetables that I picked were not vegetables at all. Like corn. And, and I right. said, well, yes, they, it is a vegetable. You were like potatoes, corn, fries, or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You guys picked and, all the good ones in my defense. I, and we accidentally made fun of Jeff's favorite, though, like broccoli. We yeah. were 
You yeah. totally diminished it. Like, oh, broccoli's horrible. It kind of smells like butt, though. I think about that every time I make broccoli now. I'm like, this is Jeff's favorite vegetable every time I wash it. You do? You think so about really Jeff when you, when you eat broccoli? When I eat broccoli. That's pretty I weird. Do. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know oh, if I should be flattered or a little weirded out, but uh, thank you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I would be flattered. I really, I realized today something about broccoli that I've never, never discovered in my 31 years. It's hard to wash, but if you turn it upside down, you know, so you don't wash like it this. upside down. Uh, wash it upside down. Yeah. It's easier. Yeah. I just created a, a broccoli hack today. You, you you never did that. What I'm saying is you, you never did that before. N- no. Um, I always try to, you know, wash ob- it like it seems obvious. Just like wash this. it after like, you cut it. Then you don't need to worry about it. I don't it. cut it. I just steam it as a big head of. Are you serious? The very first time I. Yeah. Is that what you did? The very first time I ever uh, washed broccoli, I flipped it upside down because it just made sense. So. Well. Know. You have a better <laughs> vegetable intuition than me, apparently. Yeah, you really cook it whole? You don't yeah, cut Yeah, you steam it. No, the whole thing? It, like, I wash it whole and then I chop yeah. it up. And then I oh, put no, it in. Oh, no, it's way too much work. No, no. You just take the head of broccoli, you wash it, you put it in a pan, uh, you know, with some water and put the lid on. Steams it perfectly. Yeah, it's great. I yeah. really you like gotta it. Up anyway, though. You got to cut it up anyway. Why? So you just pick it up like it's a big old, like, weird ice cream cone and you just eat and it I slap it on my plate and i eat it yeah i use a oh, steak knife speaking of slapping have you seen that guy the video where he's making he's getting his meat prepared getting the meat prepared and oh, i thought you were gonna talk about the uh the white supremacist like who got this. snapped slapped no wait what are you, you talking know, about i really liked all the segments where jeff talks about food <laughs> because he gets super excited about jeff pans so excited and seasoning about stuff and Cast iron and as one of my skills. favorite Jeff, early segments was I'm our. I'm gonna say something Irena now hacks. that I can see your face. What are you gonna Alton say? Alton Brown. Oh, I'm going to see him live. <laughs> he's awesome. in Did like you a see week. That reaction? In like two months, he's gonna be in my town. I'm gonna go see his his live show. Super stoked! It's gonna be awesome. What? Yep. Give him a high five for me. Just, I I will get, try. He's a good man. I'll yeah. let him know that you said hi. <laughs> okay, let him know. All right. <laughs> hey, my friend says hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Now we can move into the present, Alan. So we established in the beginning, we we were in a bit of a deconstruction phase. And now like present, how that thing has changed and uh, where we feel we are. Uh, are we comfortable in our post-evangelical progressive Christian skin or do we still have some work to do? I already kind of started talking about that a little bit with the, the interview. So I'll let Mona answer that before she, before I do. My first thought is actually based on something you said, Jeff, last week. You said something really interesting. You're like, yeah, going forward, you know, are we still going to, are we always going to consider ourselves post-evangelical? Kind of that sort of feel. And I thought that's a really interesting thought because in my whole, you know, it's easier to be a critic than an artist or takes more, whatever I was trying to say. Um, I, I, I think that it's important to define yourself by wh- what you are and what you're not. You know, post-evangelical is saying you're not no longer something. And so I, I kind of realize that I don't really, I, I don't know if I really identify as that so much. I mean, I think it's just a fact of my story, but doesn't reflect so much where I'm headed. Like you, you can't just be a post something and that be a thing. You're like, that's not, that's just, that's a negative. It's an apophatic definition of something. So, um, yeah. So I wonder, I, I think in, in a lot of ways this shows helped me come to peace more with uh, being having a nebulous set of set of theology and uh, being more at peace with being uncomfortable and not knowing. And that's really cool. It's not an easy piece. It's not a comfortable piece per se, but it's 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 more um, reconciled with uh, kind of letting go of some frustration and anger and and trying to look forward instead of looking backward, you know. So I don't know where that is for me. I don't know where that's headed, but I hope that I, I can say with certainty that this show's helped me do that personally. I don't know. Um, I feel like I, I've always been adverse to any kind of label <laughs> as far as what I am, because I, I never feel like I fit any one definition of who I am or what I believe Uh Every time, even even when I take those personality tests, I always find out that I'm in this like weird middle place and (laughs) that everyone seems to have this like concrete place in which they fit their personality and views. And I'm always, I don't know, caught in the middle, caught in or caught in between certain things. So I think through talking 
and going through the show, especially because obviously this the show, at least for me, has been a reflection of things that I've already been thinking. So it, it's very much a reflection of my growth uh, as an individual person and, and where I go. And uh, I've just come to enjoy and almost revel in paradox and, and not care what I'm called or where I'm at. And uh, it's it's comforting and it's freeing. Um, but at the same time, I would still say maybe post-evangelical because I still do. There's still certain things about my church experience that I still have like a longing for, um, especially okay. especially uh, Pentecostal experience, like church worship for me. I miss that. I miss like being able to, to and I've expressed this before, but lose myself a little bit in, in a repetitive song and, and be in an atmosphere where I just feel like, because that's not, that's not me normally. Like I'm not that type of expressive person. Um, or open person, but those moments were were escapes sometimes, even for myself, just to be, um, to experience something outside of myself. And and I don't, I can't do that in a more mainline traditional worship setting. And uh, so yeah, I still, I guess, I still have longings and still things that I really relate to when it comes to the practice of evangelicalism, just not the obviously <laughs> the theology and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's still figuring out what all that's going to look like, but. I'm not worried about it. If that makes any sense. Um, I I relate to both both of what you guys are talking about, especially having things in my post evangelical that still speak to me, my evangelical background. I call myself a progressive Christian. No, is my term, I guess. But I for my ordination process, have to sit with a room full of ministers who are active ministers in the mainline tradition who went to a um, uh, a program that emphasized like liberation theology and progressive uh, activism and things like that. And uh, there's just something I have to, what I have from my evangelicalism is like, like I said before, the worship of Christ. Uh, I've gone through the whole like, Jesus seminar deconstructing the historicity of Jesus and, you know, the uh, inability of us to, to reconnect really or reconstruct what Jesus's life was like or how the gospels are not um, history. Like we think of history, they're, they're different. Um, I think they're historical, but not, not the same as I did before. And where do I fit with um, all of this is really my question now. And I feel like I want to be like Jeff. I want to be able to say it doesn't matter where I fit. It doesn't matter what tradition I'm going into. I'm just going to, you know, revel in the fact or like want to be comfortable in the fact that it's um, not all figured out. But I feel like that's a spiritual practice of like Zen mastery detachment that I need to embrace for myself. Um, but I've I've really noticed uh, before the show started, I would say this and now I fully believe it and feel like I've come to an actualization in this one area. And it is moving away from concepts of fear and toward love. I was talking to um, a lady in my congregation, an older lady, and she said she feels there are two bases for life and she's lived through a lot of things. She said, you can either live from the basis of love or live from the basis of fear. And you can't do both at the same time. And I thought a lot about that and kind of stuck in my brain. And you know, in the new Testament, it says perfect love casts out fear, right? It's like oil and water. They don't really go together. And I thought about how I, how I look at God and I was taught to fear God. That was the central component of my faith from the time I was young. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's in Proverbs. There was a billboard taken out in my college that said, fear God, all the way across the billboard. And so it's so built into my psyche that to let go of fear in my relationship with God, fear that I'm going to get it wrong, fear that I'm going to get the Bible wrong, fear that I'm going to go to hell or send other people to hell or miscommunicate or whatever. Um, letting go of that has actually allowed me to encounter God in new ways. Not that I didn't encounter God before. I totally did. But um, fear has kept me from experiencing the love of God, not just in church, but also in all the other aspects of my life and relationships. So where I'm at now is really embracing that love, really embracing God's presence in other people and religions and traditions. 
recognizing where the spirit is and not having to be afraid all the time of whether I'm getting it right or wrong. I feel like I've fallen into a similar dialectic or similar um, dualism, but it for me, it's based more on my Pentecostal experience of feeling like either I can be an intellectual and a critical thinker, or I can have charismatic experiences where I surrender to God and experience God and have a religious ecstasy. And you right. and and those two things for me are the oil and water. Never and maybe the you twain can say, shall they meet. Never, yeah. I mean, and I think maybe you can say. I think some people would make the argument that the critical theory, uh, the critical mind, the um, the intellectual philosophical mind is the fearful mind, and the loving mind is the the mind that can trust God and have these religious experiences. But I'm actually, I think for me, I'm starting to really debunk that. And there, I think there is a middle place. And I think that middle place is, is presence and, and loving people and, and working for justice. I really do have, I really have had these moments of, of finding the divine and finding, uh, finding, feeling that same feeling of the presence of God that I felt as a kid, you know, in these Pentecostal worship experiences when I'm, when I'm making art or I'm caring for someone or making someone dinner, I'm starting to see that those moments are actually a lot more prevalent than we realize if we can just see them, you know, if we can just kind of wake up to them. I, I really like what Lauren Hobler said on one of the, uh, sorry, uh, Lauren Andrea said on one of the episodes, she said, uh, when did I interview her? She was talking about how we were talking about uh, having a multiple religious identity. And maybe that's kind of how I'm starting to feel now. Uh, that was episode 85. I'm starting to feel a little bit like I have this kind of like humanistic, atheistic religious identity. And I also have a Christian identity. And those things aren't supposed to go together. But I honestly feel like I can really work well in both of those worlds. I really do. And, and both of those worlds make sense to me in some capacity so um i'm and I you're guess I'm saying they kind of cross over a little bit now I think as totally opposed to do. before before they couldn't before right. it was um it was very shameful to try to cross the two and lauren said something really beautiful that i love she said something like um religious practice and ritual is just preparing yourself for when those moments of ecstasy happen because for most mm. people it's only a few times in their lives when you really see that mountaintop vista of a religious experience and all the rest of the stuff, the stuff that we do every day, the way we treat people, our inner lives, that our inner selves that we cultivate, it's all to prepare ourselves to be ready to see those moments when they happen. And I was like, that makes sense to me. That makes total sense to me. Instead of thinking that the religious experiences are something that we can cultivate and that we can produce or manufacture. If we have the right kind of music or we have the right sort of environment or the right people around, or we have the right theology. So I guess thinking more about um, encountering reality instead of manufacturing God somehow. You know, a Annie Dillard uh, who wrote Pilgrim at Tinker Creek called that seeing the light in the trees. You have this moment where you're walking by trees and all of a sudden they're, transfixed and you have this like transcendental moment and you said like you know your your regular life and regular ritual prepares you for that for me it's been the opposite and um it's absolutely true that is true but the opposite is true too is like those moments i feel like have an effect on the rest of my life you know when i don't see that stuff when i don't experience when i am engaged in scholarly work recognizing that that is a legitimate part of human experience and a legitimate part of my life informs the rest of it, you know, not to harp on that one point. <laughs> no, yeah, of course. Oh, that's good. So that's kind of, we all have a place right now in, in the present where, mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're very different over the last two years, as far as where we're at and what we're more comfortable with, um, which kind of leads us to the future, right? So this is this the is episode one hundred, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know we have uh, we have a lot of, of a back catalog of a lot of great episodes. I think I think we've we put together a uh, a really good, arguably not to be too overindulgent, but arguably some of the best in this space of progressive Christianity. <laughs> um, I am I am so opposed to self promotion that I chafe. You know what I mean? Even. Even I normally do, but I think Facebook. Jeff is right. I think it's like arguably true. I think we've we've worked really, really hard to make this show worth people's while and to have substantive content, fresh content to engage the past and the future in the show. 
And, and I love the idea that we're that I'll be able to look back at it too and see where I was at years yeah. ago. Hey, 30 years ago, we recorded this episode. And isn't that funny that, you know, I thought that way or we talked about this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or we were in that place. Um, Jeff tried to convince me when I was younger that it's okay to look back at where you were and to see yourself progress in your theology and in your thought life. And that's a sign. That's a good sign because I was of the mind that if you change at all, you're going to hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? And anyway. Well, I think that that was all presented to us at a certain place. Like, is that this is a, a constant thing that because because God is the same or Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, so That's should right. you. And uh, yeah. that is silly and not true. <laughs> right. uh, so yeah, so I, I went back in preparation for this and listened to a couple of our very first episodes because I was preparing new artwork for them and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know if I'm I'm 100% at that place right now, but okay, that's good. Uh, and I like that it, that it's out there. You know, it's it's uh I think it's been good. I think it's been I think it's been good for us. I think uh we've had such wonderful feedback from people over the last mm. 2 years. Uh emails of people who were looking for a voice of encouragement that they were able to think and believe the things that they were moving towards without feeling like they have to lose their faith. You know, going back to what right. we talked about in the the beginning about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, you know, maybe you just need to let the baby splash out some of that water and just kind of let it, <laughs> you know, let it, uh, that poor baby's just always in the bath. <laughs> Who's watching it. Perpetual. What's it doing in there? It's gotta you, be clean by now. I love that for some listeners, we provided a space of community because that's how I felt for myself, but also for some people that are just isolated. They're in a small town in middle America and they'll send us a message and be like, you know, I've been thinking about all this stuff and nobody will talk to me about it. And I really appreciate mm -hmm. be, being able to listen and speak, you know, about these kind of things. So that that part has been good for me, seeing people get community. Yeah. So for all really? of you that have ever yeah. given us any kind of feedback or email, like it has, I think it has been the fuel that has let this podcast yeah. move forward. Because there have been moments where we're just kind of like, uh, we had another episode and then we get a tweet or we get an email from someone and it would just be this rejuvenating like wind, you know, that, that pushes yeah. us forward and be like, Oh, you know what? People are listening and it's making a difference. So, so for all we of you got that a tweet are, today, didn't we? Yes, we did. We got, um, we got one today saying that, uh, I can't remember it offhand and I want to pull up my phone, but it was like, keep up the good work. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it was, that uh, means a lot to us. It really does. It, it is, it is amazing to see how people have connected with the show and, um, and, you know, just to see, the, the numbers of downloads that we've been getting, like not even even coming close to thinking like I remember when we put our first episode up and I was thinking it'd be cool if we got like, you know, 25 people to download this episode. Right. And, yeah. you know, we've we've had consistently at least 150 to 200 people per episode download. And it's been so, uh, so encouraging. And to know that we that that space is being provided for people. So, again, thank you for all of you that have been listening uh, either recently or throughout the whole run of the show. It is it has been great. And to get people Thank interacting so from all over, for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's been and really at different cool. Points. Coming into the conversation, leaving it, coming back, stuff like that. It's been it's been very fantastic for me. Yeah. So so for the future, where are we headed now? So for the future, um, I think because we started this in a certain mindset, and we've all clearly moved past that certain mindset, and. There's so much transitioning happen in our lives. Uh, we are going to be taking a bit of a break, hiatus, however you want to word that for the next, I don't know, probably a couple months, just to kind of re reevaluate where we are as a show um, and play around with some new formats, uh, do some stuff that we feel like we we have the freedom. I, I don't know if that's the case. Um, I don't know if freedom is the right word, but uh, we worked hard to be consistent for the last hundred episodes to provide a place where people know they can go. And I feel like we've, we've now allowed ourselves to create a space to me, to be more exploratory with the medium itself. And, um, and then again, with all the transitions going on, we are going to be taking a break. However, there's some stuff that we, that's going to be happening in the meantime. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll still put a couple episodes out here and there. Uh, I talked to former guest of the show, which I mean, speaking of favorite episodes, when uh, I interviewed Amber, who was a, a immigration lawyer and just the clarity that she brought to that whole issue. I asked her if she'd be willing to do another interview and kind of give us some clarity on the specific issues that are happening right now with the new Trump administration. And she agreed to do that. So in the next few weeks we'll post that. Um, so we'll have, 
things interspersed, uh, and then we'll we'll regroup and come back to more of a regular schedule. Um, so that that's where we are for the future of it. So you can still interact with us on all of our social media pages. Uh, on our, we're still here. Yeah, yeah, we're still here. We're just uh, we're just preparing a new way to do content. Uh, so uh, you can go to our website, irenacast.com. And there's all the information, the, the show notes for this particular episode, irenacast.com slash 100 will have all the episodes that we mentioned in addition to, in addition to all of our social media links and where you can follow us, we will still be, we will still be there and be active. And uh, like we announced last week, Divine Cinema is spinning off. So starting pretty soon, we're, we're getting the, the stuff together. Starting pretty soon, we're going to be releasing uh, those twice a month on its own, um, on its own podcast feed. So if you're worried about missing anything we post during the the hiatus for this show, make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so that whatever new episodes come, they'll just be immediately uploaded or downloaded to whatever device you listen on. Um, any other thoughts from you two? Yeah, I highly recommend listening to Divine Cinema. That's S-I-N-E-M-A. The one on <laughs> Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas, you should particularly listen to. Because I watched that movie ahead of time, and I don't want to be the only one who has been traumatized. So watch that. Listen to the episode. Look for that stuff that comes out. Uh, I am a firm believer that, oh my goodness, it is so important, the messages that are communicated when we use media, whether it's news, movie, movies, anything, to to portray our our beliefs or our views of the world. And unfortunately, there's a lot of damage being done, I believe, by some of these things. So it's, it's helpful to have thoughtful men such as yourself and Adam and Dylan to be able to walk through that and give people some of the tools to think about the way we consume content. Uh, what's the word? What's the word? Consume responsibly. Yes. That's and just a word before we move from that, the defined cinema, when we spin off to our own podcast, we are using the regular word cinema. C-I-N. Cool. Uh, just because we are going to be doing more than just bad Christian movies. Once we move into that space, we're going to be looking at faith-themed movies and uh, oh, cool, yeah, evaluating different things like that. So, Because I think it would be a little bit difficult for us to have to consistently watch horrible <laughs> movies on a regular basis. Right. <laughs> we need some right. light in the midst of that. So if you want to keep in, get informed about when that launches, it's going to launch pretty soon. Uh, you can follow a Twitter account that we made for it. It's at Divine Cinema Pod. Cinema with a C. Um, at Divine, and that'll be in the show notes as well. And then also we'll announce its launch here on the ArenaCast page uh, as well, if you're following. I'm I'm starting to work on my music stuff more and do more uh, art stuff like that. Uh, if anybody wants more information on my stuff, like, uh, I guess, message the show and I'll send you a link. It's good stuff. Thanks. Yeah, yeah people should hook up with that. Uh, For me, I am getting ordained by middle of the year, most likely, and it's been like a 10-year process. They make you go through psychological evaluations and all this kind of stuff. So that's what I'm doing in the next coming months is I'm finally getting all the rest of that finished, and I'll be getting ordained in the United Church of Christ, hopefully. And I plan on taking my volunteer uh, chaplaincy at hospitals, helping people die gracefully and go through uh, illnesses and turn that into something of a little side career for the future because who knows what their ministry Wait, will be here in 30 years Can you years please rephrase that? Rephrase what? I don't know. Turn helping people die into a side career. You sound like Dr. Kevorkian. What? A little- helping people <laughs> die gracefully? No, it's wonderful. It's a good thing. To so say there's the word a lot career of people, with it though. To turn that into a side career? Yeah. That's what I'm going to be working on. Okay, okay, you know that's fair. I'm sorry. I apologize for giving you. Excuse me, you just shamed my my calling in life. I didn't. I didn't mean it, but I guess. Oh my goodness! Now that I think about it, that's what cousins are for. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Cut that out of the thing, Jeff. Um, So I'll be working on that for um, the next coming months, getting some of that finished and figured out. But I'm still going to be around. I'm still very interested in writing. And um, I haven't really done the blog since we started the, uh, the podcast. I kind of wrote less because we were talking so often. But I think I might write, be continue writing a little bit here and there during this little hiatus while we're getting everything set up for the new iteration. Yeah, we'll put links in the show notes for all of our individual projects as we go forward. Um, but again, this is not a goodbye. This is no. see you later. Uh, we're going to rework some things and, uh, we've, we've invested a lot of time and energy and, and love 
into this thing, and uh, we want to continue to do it. But we figured uh, after we were so close to 100, we'd get to 100, and then we'd, we'd kind of make it like this clean break to uh, begin planning a new era of Irenicast, the post-evangelical podcast on faith and culture. And uh, we're excited to do so. Um, but it's if I don't know if anyone has ever had to manage three schedules as busy as ours and still try to come up with content on a regular basis. And uh, especially now, our schedules seem to be increasingly more busy and um, we need to we need to regroup, rehuddle and uh, figure out how to continue to do that. But it has been it has been work, but it has been wonderful, amazing work. And uh, we want to make sure that we continue to do it right and well. Um, so, uh, I can't speak, I can't speak for either of you, but if it's up to me, this will not be the, you know, this will quickly, we will work through all this stuff. We will get the things we need to get done so that I can hear your voices again on all of these topics. Oh, you know, yeah, you can talk to us when are, we're not recording. Right? I know, right? You really yeah. <laughs> no, I, I look up to both of you so, so much and look forward to this. It's been, it, it's just such a pleasure for me. And yeah, um, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say, too, for last words, just I know we've said this in the past on the show, but I just want to thank Jeff profusely because Jeff does the lion's yeah. share of the producing work and it's Word. a lot of work. The producing, scheduling, get everything out. The reason we've been able to be so consistent is because of Jeff. And uh, thank you, Jeff, for your tremendous effort and for honestly, literally making the show happen. Absolutely. Making it happen. Thank you. It is my absolute pleasure. I love this. This is great. Which is why I'm still doing Divine Cinema. I gotta have, <laughs> still gotta have my pod, fat, pod, my podcast fix uh, for the next few things. So, um, and I got something else in the works. I'm not gonna say anything yet, but me too. Maybe soon. So that yeah, that's a teaser. We're gonna have some spinoff shows, perhaps. That's right. This shows is, plural. This is the end credit mm. scene of hmm. Maybe more is gonna be coming. <laughs> dun dun um, dun. So I think then that will. That'll do it for us this week. Uh, continue to follow us. Uh, subscribe to the show to make sure that you you don't miss any extra episodes that we post in the meantime before we come back fully. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can do that at irancast.com slash support. There's all the information there. And yeah, so 100. We did it. We made it. <laughs> Cheers. We did it on Facebook Live, which is... Amazing. Goodness. Uh, it's been been fantastic. So uh, with that, I'm Jeff. I'm Mona. And I am Alan. Thanks for joining the conversation. <laughs>